we're so glad you guys are all here. Thanks for coming to join us as we continue in our wisdom series. And we're going to conclude the book of Proverbs this week. And next week, we'll jump into lots of meaningless things. Um, Ecclesiastes. So, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so we're going to finish with Proverbs for this week. And we are going to jump right into Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. Eshet Chayel, or also Woman of Valor, or the biblical Proverbs, womanhood, all the things. Right? This is your favorite Mother's Day sermon, or um, like when it's time to talk about women. When you go to a women's retreat, this is the verse that they'll pull out, right? And, uh, and start to list all the ways you and I don't make it. <laughs> Always, always we're missing it. Um, As we get started, we'll pray and then um, and then kind of dive on in. And I hope we're going to bring some questions and fun and wrestling, and also have some education um, and study, um, worshiping God through the study of God's word today. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to come together, to study your word, to be with one another here in the room, in the Zoom, and outside. I am so deeply grateful for my sisters and my brothers here and the ways in which um, you continue to bind us closer together as you bind us closer to you. Jesus, in this time, may we be focused on your word and on your wisdom found in the book of Proverbs. May we um, try to listen in to what you might be wanting to speak or to share to us or to have us change in our hearts or in our lives. And we just ask that we become more aware of your presence right now um, in this place and in our hearts. We ask all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, first thing I want to tell you about this little section of Proverbs is that it is an acrostic poem. So you know like that old song, the mother song, like M is for the many ways she, right? I'm dating myself, but it's like if you could ever watch TV in black and white. That was a song that you may have heard. All right. So this section of Proverbs is an alphabetic acrostic. It's going to start not with A, B, and C, but Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey. Okay. So you're going to see that as we start to go through. So the first one, Aleph, here we go right here. Who can find a capable wife? Her value is far more beyond that of pearls. Her husband trusts her from his heart, and he will have no lack of gain. She works to bring him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She procures a supply of wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like those merchant vessels, bringing her food from far away. It's still dark when she rises to give food to her household and orders to the young women serving her. She considers a field then buys it, and from her earnings she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She sees that her business affairs go well. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the staff with the flax. Her fingers hold the spinning rod. She reaches out to embrace the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all her household are clothed in crimson. She makes herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the city gates when he sits with the leaders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and she supplies the merchants with sashes. Clothed with strength and dignity, she can laugh at the days to come. When she opens her mouth, she speaks wisely. On her tongue is loving instruction. She watches how things go in her house, not eating the bread of idleness. Her children arise, they call her happy. Her husband, too, as he praises her. Many women have done wonderful things, but you 
surpass them all. Charm can lie, beauty can vanish, but a woman who fears Adonai should be praised. Give her a share in what she produces. Let her work speak her praises at the city gates. And that's the end of our chapter reading. Now, I'll admit that for most of my um, evangelical adjacent pastoral career, um, this has been my experience of Proverbs 31. Uh, videos that I don't want to hear. Now, I'm, I'm not knocking anything specific, so I didn't listen to these at all, okay? But if I see like eight ways to spot a Proverbs woman, I'm out right there. I'm like, there's no way. First of all, there's more than eight things listed. So I don't know which are the top eight this person's picked. Um, or if I see like an in-depth Bible study on how to be a Proverbs 31 woman, I'm like, oh man, how long can we milk these verses about flax? and merchant ships. I'm not really interested. And when I search Proverbs 31 woman, like just as an image search, you know, you come up with a lot of pink. Um, and that has not been my primary color of choice in my life growing up. So I'm immediately like, I get all kind of uncomfortable. Does anybody else get uncomfortable? Okay, great. Thanks. I'm glad to know I'm not alone out there or in here. Um, the reason why I get uncomfortable because I immediately feel like there's going to be an expectation put on me that I know I can't meet. So let me just back out of this story right now because you're going to be disappointed and I'm going to be frustrated. I feel like immediately as someone starts to read Proverbs 31, I start with, I can't do any of those things. And then I just know that I will be disappointing you constantly and I can't manage it. So then I just don't even open it up and start to read it. Because I also feel like, well, if God is saying this to me, I've definitely disappointed God. I don't even know where the merchant ships are. There's no way I'm going to find those anytime soon. And I can't even conceive of a metaphor of what that might mean in my life. Is it grocery shopping? I don't know. But I don't feel settled with any of those correlations. So I, I don't like any of it. And I'll just sit with the fact that um, I don't, for a long time, got really uncomfortable with the fact that because I was a female and a pastor, that that sort of meant I was only going to talk about Proverbs 31, or I was only going to the, go to the women's retreats, or only speak to women and children, or only be a pastor's wife. And the fact that this describes somebody's fulfillment within their marital status is also super uncomfortable for me. And for a long time, so just, you know, I want to be a pastor when I was 13, and I am almost at a mid-century mark. So I've been wanting to do this for a very long time, but as soon as I said I wanted to do it, I was told that I could only be a wife or a mother in the context of a church, and I could only serve in the church in those contexts. Now, I was not told that in the church I attended because I was Lutheran. And we're very enlightened. But I was told that by the people that I knew who really deeply loved God and whose faith and journeys I admired deeply. And they were so sold out for Jesus. And they were just so sad to tell me. I mean, they were truly heartbroken. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You can't do that because you're a woman. And I was like, so either I didn't hear God call me and that's my mistake or God made a mistake in calling me or God made a mistake in making me a woman. So if you want to talk about all of the dysphoria that comes from the moment of calling or it comes right into the middle of the church, right? And so I was very uncomfortable with the subject because then it felt like I was like, well, we'll let her hang out here. 
but only if we sort of paper a corner and put her in that area with the paper down. And then she can just make whatever mess she's going to make over there with the women and the children, and that'll be fine. And then the rest of us can get along with our business over here. So every time it's brought up, I get uncomfortable, and I don't like it. And I also have what is known, it's, in, it's one of the lesser-known verses in the Bible, a spiritual gift of stubbornness. And the spiritual gift of stubbornness makes me immediately respond with rejection to whatever box you're trying to put me in. Okay, so uh, let's join in with my favorite verses in the Bible, and we'll, we'll kind of dive on in and, and see how we might be able to look at this a little bit differently. I will just say that the box that this presents, I've never ascribed to. I don't think it applies to me or to anyone in this room, but I actually think it's not a box. I think it's something really beautiful, and I'm hopeful that as we look at it together, we might get excited about what's here rather than... And, and kind of dispel the way it's been used to keep us in the corner and instead get really excited about what it means to be a woman of God. So the whole thing starts with a question. I don't know if you've noticed this in, in Proverbs 31. It starts with, a woman of valor who can find. And this word in Hebrew is eshet It's going to be difficult. We're going to talk about translating it, woman of valor. But where can we find it? It's not easy. So just so you know, like if you've not been one, a woman of valor, it's okay. Apparently they're very rare and they're not easily found. And as Proverbs continues, and as we talked about last week as well, um, Proverbs is very interested in wisdom, and we're in the wisdom series. And so they actually, the, the persons who are writing Proverbs say things like, for whoever finds me, and here when they say me, they're referring to personified wisdom, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But the implication is there that wisdom is something you have to seek. Um, and in Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Like it's something you have to seek out and find. And in Job 28, as we talked about in our Job series, right? Where can wisdom be found? Where is the source of understanding? This is something you have to seek out. You have to look for it and find it. It's not something easy. So as the book of Proverbs starts right here in in Proverbs 31, right here in verse 10, it's like, hey, by the way, what we're going to talk about is not easily found. Okay. Now wisdom is personified in the book of Proverbs. I don't know about you, but oftentimes when you ask the question, what is someone that you think of who's wise, and you might immediately go to Gandalf, right? Or but it basically like old man long beard with a staff of some sort. That's the way we envision wisdom. But here in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is personified as a woman, right? Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Here we go. So at the very beginning of the book of Proverbs, there are a series of four poems of Lady Wisdom, how she upholds justice, how she talks about people can come and learn from her. And those four poems are in chapters one, three, chapter eight, and nine. And it's personified then again at the end of the book of Proverbs here in chapter 31. So could this be talking about a single woman? Maybe, but the way in which the book of Proverbs is written, we are starting out with Lady Wisdom at the beginning. The whole book is about wisdom. If you'll recall, last week we talked about how the definition of wisdom isn't being super, super smart or super strong. It's about knowing, having, understanding words of insight for gaining instruction and wise dealing for righteousness, justice, and equity. 
And so throughout the entire book of Proverbs, we hear the pursuit of wisdom, the feminization of wisdom, and it can maybe be the spirit of God. The word in Hebrew is feminine as it is in Greek for Sophia. So we hear this sort of feminization of wisdom. I just think Kevin and I were kind of just talking about what do you think that means? Why is it that so oftentimes in our modern culture, when we talk about wisdom, we don't talk about women. And we don't think of a feminized version of wisdom. We often, unless we're in Greek mythology, we often think of it, again, as that, as Gandalf. And even as we've talked about various leaders in our nation and around the world, the way at least North Americans talk about wisdom is that it's actually like women are emotional. Women can't make good decisions because it might be that time of the month or whatever, right? I mean, these are things that are actually said like women, excuse me, we're not the ones causing war for just who gets more toys in their sandbox. So all of that stuff, just I think it's interesting and something to consider that the Bible here personifies wisdom as in the feminine. And that's kind of fun because I don't think we think a lot about that in terms of how our biblical text talks about gender and talks about male-female. Now, I'm not at all suggesting that our text is not written in a patriarchal, patrilocal, patrilineal culture, because it is. But at least you should also contend with the fact that the book of Proverbs sees the feminine as wise. I love that. So how do we translate this first little bit right at the beginning here of Eshet Chayel? How do you translate this? Now, in my NIV, it's like a wife of noble character. Or people have called it, let's see, a woman of noble character or a virtuous woman or an excellent wife, capable wife, truly capable woman, worthy wife, woman of worth, valiant woman, virtuous and capable wife, a good woman, a woman of valor. So how should we render a term that I'm going to explain to you is normally used and appears in male military context? This term, Eshet Chayel, what's going to now be used in the arena of female domestic life. How do we render this term Eshet Chayel? So my friend Rabbi Ari, I texted him today. I was like, so what do you say when you're translating this term? And he said, amazing woman. Like that's his, that's, you're just going to do it. So, and then he wrote these terms, valiant or valorous are traditional translations. And then he wrote, and they're stale. A Chayel is a soldier. It's an army. And the connotation of strength, power, and even efficiency and wealth. So, an amazing woman, maybe, is the best way to translate it. But another rabbi of blessed memory wrote, militant feminist. So, I don't know how you want to translate Eshachayel, but those are some options that are out there. In his book, The Song of the Valiant Woman, Al Walters insists that the Eshachayel is the female counterpart of Givorehayel, the title given to David's mighty men of valor. So he's going to offer that as a suggestion. Wherever you land, I think that we want to at least contend with the fact that Hebrew authors are often accused of misogynistic bias, but here they do not flinch from ascribing to a woman the same title given to military heroes throughout the Old Testament. So when we first start right here, a wife of noble character who can find, it's really domesticated. It's right like the translators already just laid the paper down in the corner and started to push us on over. They didn't start with mighty women of valor. 
for whom you are known to be wise throughout this entire book. For the bookends of this book, the inclusio of the beginning and the end, are personified wisdom, which is feminine and strong and wise. It doesn't start that way in our translation. It starts that way, though, in the text. Now, I'm not at all here to suggest that the book of Proverbs does not still have issues, because we talked about them last week, and they're still here, right? Cantankerous wife, these women are driving me crazy, all those kinds of things. But even though those are there, that doesn't mean Proverbs 31 is this. It's not. And we've kind of been told a lie when we've been packaged Proverbs 31, which is like being a Proverbs 31 woman and having Proverbs 31 Bible studies, unless you're out merchanting your ships and working on your military and wisdom training, right? So let's look at some of the women of Proverbs 31. Now, the women, this woman of valor term, it might refer to just a generic praiseworthy woman. But according to Midrash, a commentary, rabbinic commentary around the time of Jesus and later, um, even up until the Middle Ages and later, Eshet Chayel was originally composed, this, this poem here, by Abraham as a eulogy to his wife, Sarah. So maybe it's about Sarah. Um, And then later, some people suggested that it was actually written by King Solomon to honor his mother, Queen Bathsheba, the wife of King David. Maybe it's about a specific woman and not biblical training for all of the rest of us for all of time. There's a more midrash on the Eshet Chayel. In fact, the rabbis kind of went through, and as they looked at each different verse, they're like, I think each line of Proverbs 31, this poem, actually corresponds to a specific woman. In the Bible. So they said, okay, who can find a good woman? That's referring to Noah's wife. And they can explain all this and you can read it all through, but it's so fun and interesting. Her husband's heart trusts in her. That's talking about Sarah. Because remember, Abraham says to Sarah, hey, don't forget, lie about me when we go and say you're my brother. And he's like, she's like, all right, got you. Um, she does him good, not evil. Rebecca with Isaac. Uh, she seeks wool and flax. And they say, oh, well, that's, that's Leah. Why is it Leah? Well, because Leah's going to give birth to Levi, to the Levites. And the Levites aren't allowed to have a cloth of two things, but Leah has two things here. So she's, the, I mean, they like have a whole thing that they go through. Um, she is like trader ships. Rachel, she rises while it is still night. Pharaoh's daughter, which Pharaoh, remember the Pharaoh's daughter who finds Moses in the basket? Oh, so that must be about her because she's, which woman in the Bible? They go back through the whole Bible. They know the Bible so well. They go back through the whole of the Hebrew scripture. Like, which woman do we know who got up in the middle of the night and found something? Ah, that's Pharaoh's daughter. Okay. She considers a field, Yochaved. She girds her loins with strength, Miriam. Her lamp is not extinguished at night, Hannah. Remember, Hannah's praying all night. And then they continue to go forth. She puts forth her hand to the staff. That's Yael, because Yael, remember, tent pig, Sisera's head. Okay. Uh, she opens her hand to the poor. Maybe that's the widow who helped Elijah. Her hand reaches out to the needy. Oh, that's Naomi, because she helped Ruth. She does not fear for her household, for all of her house are clothed in scarlet. That's Rahab. Remember the scarlet thread. Or maybe it's the prophetess Huldah. And they are many, many other women who've done good. Ruth, grace is false and beauty is nothingness. Esther, give her the fruits of her labor, all righteousness and upright women. That last line applies to everybody. So I kind of went through, isn't that beautiful to kind of think through this text? Not specifically saying, here's a list of all the things you're supposed to do and not do in order to be a good biblical woman. 
But instead, it's a list that is extolling the virtues of all the heroes, the feminine heroes of our faith, going throughout our text. And we go, oh, wow, that's right. This is enumerating this hall of faithfulness for these women, these eshet chayals. So perhaps this is not a long list of things for men to look for in a woman when they fill out their dating profile. And maybe it's not a measurement for, whether, for women as to see whether or not they're biblical, whether or not God loves you, whether or not God's pleased with you. But it is a poem, and it is a song. I think it's a song of admiration to women. And when we read it as anything other, I think we kind of lose the beauty of what God has put here in the middle of our text to say, women... You are good. And a person who finds you finds a good thing. And you are fully capable and you are wise and you can do incredible things in the leadership of your household and in the world. People want to listen to you. People are better because they're around you because of what you do in this world. And in fact, we might even call you mighty women of valor like David's men. Traditionally, within the Jewish community, still today, this beautiful poem is sung by the husband to his wife at their wedding. Weekly on Shabbat, every Friday night before they eat, and at funerals. The Eshet Chayel has also been interpreted as a song for Lady Wisdom herself, that Lady Wisdom who's personified at the very beginning of the book. And even for Shabbat, the Queen of Shabbat herself, that as we welcome Shabbat in is the tradition that you sing this song. I think what's so beautiful about this is that then in the community and the relationship between male-female, in this tradition, every single week, It is the man's responsibility to look to the woman and remind himself of her great worth and her great skill and her accomplishment and to thank her for all that she has done all week long, which is pretty stinking countercultural in a world that forgets to thank women at all for what they do. Rachel Held Evans says it this way in her book, referenced by Kevin a few weeks ago, Year of Biblical Womanhood. We abandoned the meaning of the poem by focusing on the specifics, and it became just another impossible standard by which to measure our failures. We turned an anthem into an assignment, a poem into a job description. I agree fully, and I actually think it became a place of shame and guilt and misunderstanding and even some sort of attempt to control women rather than extol and bless God for women in our community. Ellen Davis says, Proverbs 31 was not to honor any one particular praiseworthy woman, but rather to underscore the central significance of women's skilled work and a household-based economy. That's so cool. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? And very countercultural for the world then and our world today. So given some of that context, then let's go back and look at this poem one more time. Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, the Eshet Chayel. Who can find an Eshet Chayel? Who can find, we'll use Rabbi Ari's translation, an amazing woman. Her value is far beyond that of pearls. Her husband trusts her from his heart and he will have no lack. And the word here is plunder. No lack of spoils or plunder, which kind of implies that women, we've 
been doing something awesome, and we are bringing it back home to our families. She works to bring him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She procures a steady supply of wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like those merchant vessels bringing her food from far away. Like you can trust her. She can bring what is necessary for the community and the family. We don't have to wait for somebody to bring it to us. We get to bring it too. It's still dark when she rises to give food. And the word in the Hebrew here is pray. So it implies she's hunting. (laughs) It's still dark when she rises to give the prey to her household and orders the young women serving her. Also, just so, by the way, guys, um, if you thought only one woman should be doing this, this is a woman who has servants. So anyone who wants to list this off for any single individual woman to do it, you have to be like, I'm happy to help. Um, I'm going to need a household staff. And once you can provide a full household staff, we can talk about these other things. Um, One of the reasons why they mention here that it is still dark when she rises to give her food is because she has the capacity to do this all day long because it's not just her. She considers a field and buys it, and from her earnings, she plants a vineyard. You know, it wasn't that long ago that even here in the U.S., women couldn't own property, right? So can you start to hear how revolutionarily incredible this passage is? She girds her loins, and this phrase is used for like heroic or difficult action, right? Just on a daily basis, I don't find myself in a situation needing to gird my loins. So this woman is doing something incredible. She makes her arms strong. She sees that, and strong wisdom, right? Not this delicate, um, I'm a flower and I can't have anything. Um, This woman can lift things. So we can all start working out more. Uh, She sees that her business affairs go well and her lamp does not go out at night. Now, we have always heard this as sort of like a reason why women aren't allowed to rest. They feel guilty when we rest. We feel guilty if we ask somebody else for help. My lamp's not supposed to go out at night. I'm supposed to be working day and night, day and night, all the time, making sure so I can be that Proverbs 31 woman. No, friends, it implies wealth. She has a lot of oil and her lamp can be on all the time. And did I mention the servants? So there's a lot here to talk about what she has that she's not living in scarcity. Okay. She puts her hands to the staff with the flax. Her fingers hold the spinning rod. She's skilled. She can do incredible things. She reaches out to embrace the poor and opens her arms to the needy. Isn't that beautiful? Like that is wisdom. That is a woman of great worth, is one who cares for the poor, who has enough to be able to care for the poor. She is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all her household are clothed in crimson. And this has this connotation of either the color or maybe two layers. Like they have enough and there can be clothed with royalty. She makes herself coverings, her clothing in fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the city gates when he sits with the leaders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchants with sashes. Clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at all the days to come. When she opens her mouth, she speaks wisely, and on her tongue is loving instruction. And the Hebrew there is Torah chesed. So the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the instructions of God, and chesed is a word that means like ever-loving faithfulness, kindness, covenantal faithfulness. 
So she's a teacher. And she can teach. She watches how things go in her home, not eating the bread of idleness. Her children arise and they call her happy. Her husband too, as he praises her. Many women have done wonderful things. They've rendered chayal in the Hebrew. They've done things valiantly. But you surpass them all. And that rendered chayal is a term used for men often rest in the rest of our text about sort of a military exploit. You've done something wonderful, amazing. Charm can lie, beauty can vanish, but a woman who fears, Adonai, who fears the Lord should be praised. Give her a share in what she produces. Let her work speak her praises at the city gates. This is an eshet chayel. This is a woman of strength or a woman of value, valor. And this is how we describe amazing women in our community. But not just to say, oh, look, there's an amazing woman. Let me list all the things she can do. But what women can do, what together we can do. Men, you're all invited also, okay? It's not, it's great. We're glad you're here. But this doesn't happen often in the Bible where we get to just sit and talk about women. And this passage is actually a poem for you to say to us. And wouldn't it be amazing if the church was a place where the women in our community, who are often marginalized or set aside at work, in the marketplace, in societies, came to the church, and the church, and the men of the church, and the women of the church, held one another up this way and said, hey, Mighty woman of valor. So glad you're here. What you do in our community, who you are made to be, is of value to us. And we will thank God for it every week. We're going to invite the band back up and come to a time of communion. Focusing in on the life and ministry and life and death and burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, who centered women so much in his ministry and life as well, and relied on them for his ministry too. For in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, blessed, and broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. All are welcome at this table.